I'm always just considering that last verse, 10,000 years in heaven, and we're still singing the praise of God. You know, it's not, it's not going to be old either. It's going to have its freshness and its newness, just like the first time we stood in His presence uh, for all of eternity, where we, we are going to rejoice in the mercy and, and the holiness of our God. And uh, so, praise Him this morning for His grace. Take your Bible, turn to 1 Kings chapter 18. I titled the message this morning, Victory on Mount Carmel. And as we've gone through um, January, I'm preaching in different stories in the Old Testament that God showed Himself strong and they had the victory. Um, I want it to be with our theme for the year, for His purpose, by His grace. His purpose for us is to have victory. His purpose is that we see the power of God, and it is only by His grace, it's only by the power of God that we see these things. I'm going to read the entire chapter, it's kind of long, um, so bear with me. But as we go through this story, a familiar passage of Scripture, I want to look at four points this morning about Elijah. Elijah told the truth. Elijah stood for the truth. He experienced the truth, which is the greatest part of this story. And then we get into the next chapter and he forgot the truth. There's a fear or there's a, there's a real danger in victory in the attack of Satan coming right after and we get discouraged and defeated. And it's real in all of our lives. And so I want to bring that out. I don't want to skip that part of the story. So we're going to look at those four things this morning. Um, let's have a word of prayer. Ask the Lord to direct as we look in this story, Victory on Mount Carmel. Father, thank you. Thank you for all that you've done for us. And Lord, I praise you for the Old Testament. Thank you, Lord, that we have your complete word and that every part of it is, is uh, for our use and for our edification. Lord, to mold us more in your image. Use this, use this story in your word this morning to convict us, to strengthen us, Lord, that we will be living according to your purpose, that our lives will be directed by you, and Lord, that we'll see your strength, your power, that the world will see that you are alive in Victory Baptist Church. Thank you, Lord, for this time. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So chapter 18, verse 1 says, And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah, in the third year, saying, Go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. <clears throat> and Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab, and there was a sore famine in Samaria. And Ahab called Obadiah, which was the governor of his house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. For it was so when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord, that Obadiah took an hundred prophets and hid them by fifty in a cave, and fed them with water, or bread and water. And Ahab said unto Obadiah, Go into the land unto all fountains of water and unto all brooks. Peradventure we may find grass to save the horses and mules alive, and that we lose not all the beasts. So they divided the land between them to pass throughout it. And Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. And as Obadiah was in the way, behold, Elijah met him, and he knew him and fell on his face and said, Art thou, that my Lord, art thou that my Lord Elijah? And he answered him, I am. Go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. And he said, What have I sinned, that thou wouldest deliver thy servant into the hand of Ahab to slay me? 
As the Lord thy God liveth, there is no nation nor kingdom, whither my Lord hath not sent to seek thee. And when they said, He is not there, he took an oath of the kingdom and nation, that they found thee not. And now thou sayest, Go, tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. It's just, he's, he's, uh, he's amazed at this thing. He said, Elijah, you're going to get me killed. We've taken an oath that you were not here. We promised to Ahab that you weren't here. And now you're here. I'm going to get my head chopped off. And it shall come to pass as soon as I am gone from thee that the Spirit of the Lord shall carry thee whither I know not. And so when I come and tell Ahab and he cannot find thee, he shall slay me. But I, thy servant, fear the Lord from my youth. Was it not told, my Lord, what I did when Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord, how I hid an hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water? And now thou sayest, Go tell thy Lord, Behold, Elijah is here, and he shall slay me. Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, I will surely show myself unto him today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and, thy, and the prophets of Baal four hundred and fifty, and the prophets of the groves four hundred, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came up unto all the people and said, How long, will, or, how long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are four hundred and fifty men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under, and I will dress the other bullock, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord, and the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourselves, and dress it first, for ye are many. And call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under it, and put no fire under. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it, and called on the name of Baal from morning even unto noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered, and they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is journey on a journey. Or peradventure he sleepeth and must be awakened. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass when midday was past that they prophesied unto the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that there was neither voice nor any to answer nor any that regarded. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Elijah shall be thy name, or Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. 
And he put the wood in order and cut the bullocks in pieces and laid them on the wood and said, Fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it a second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, Do it the third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran around the altar and filled the trench also with water. It came to pass at the time of offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they took them. And Elijah brought them down to the book Kishon, and slew them there. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. And he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up, looked, and, there was n- and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. It came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with cloud and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. The hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. This is, this is one of those great stories in the Bible, an amazing thing uh, to see what God does here with Elijah. And I, I want to I look at a few things this morning um, about Elijah and his boldness. First of all, I want to talk a little bit about Baal worship, though, and not, I don't have a lot of information, but I've done some studying on it. Baal was uh, the god of fertility, and the people believed that when during the dry season that Ahab had gone down into the underworld and was asleep, but when the rainy season started, he had come up and he had been with his, his wife or whatever. And this caused the rain to come. And so they would, they would pray at the, at the temple of Baal all year round and, and sacrifice children, babies, and do all sorts of, of immoral sin at the altar to Baal to bring him back up from the underworld. So they are, they're trying to conjure their God to come up and so that they can have prosperity. They had... This, this belief system. And we know that Ahab had married Jezebel and she brought Baal worship into the, the uh, land of Israel. Elijah is standing up against the socially accepted truth. I thought that was an interesting thing. He's going against what the people have accepted as true with boldness and with power. You know, one of the things that, I don't know if it started in the 60s, I wasn't there, some of you could help me. Um, But uh, I think they said, speak truth to power, right? 
speak truth to power. This is what we have to do. And, uh, you know, I looked at Elijah. Elijah spoke truth with God's power. And I, I thought about that. That's an amazing thing. He stood up against the social norms, but he spoke the truth with boldness. And I want to look at those things this morning. He told the truth is my first point. Go back with me to chapter 16, because I want to look a little bit at, at Ahab. We see what they're worshiping. But Ahab was a very ungodly king, very wicked king. Chapter 16, verse 30. And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. And it came to pass, as it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Zidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. This man has rejected everything that he's been taught. He was to marry a woman from Israel. He doesn't follow that. He's following all of the sins of Jeroboam. Verse 32, And he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he built in Samaria. And Ahab made a grove. And Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. In his day did Hiel the Bethelite, Build Jericho, he laid the foundation thereof in Abiram his firstborn, and set up the gates thereof in the youngest son, Sigub, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Joshua the son of Nun. So we see a little bit about Ahab, how wicked he is. Now, we read it already, but go back with me to chapter 18 and read verse 17 and 18. We see how wicked he is. He's also very powerful, right? He's just went out all through the land looking for Ahab, or for Elijah. This man that caused him so much trouble. And if you find him, you better turn him over to me. If I find out that you lied, you will die for this. He was a powerful man. He was a violent man. He was a scary man. Verse 17, And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Thou art he that troubleth Israel. And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandment of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Elijah is bold. Elijah is bold in this statement. And, and I love these bold statements in the Bible. I mentioned it a couple weeks ago with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they're going to be tossed into the fire, he said, Worship what I tell you to worship, or you're going to die. And, he's, and Shadrach says, We don't have to be careful in our answer. Not to be rude to the king, but just to tell him, Listen, we are not going to serve your idol. I don't have to go and consider what I'm doing. I know what is truth and I'm going to follow it. Elijah goes right up to the most powerful man in the kingdom and, he, and the king says, you are troubling Israel. He goes, no, sir, it's your sin. No, it's you. And this is, this is boldness and I'm, and I'm amazed at some of the men in the Bible and just what they can do for God. Elijah, we're going to see his, his weakness in a, at the end of the message here. He was, he was a man like we are. But he stood for truth and he had boldness. He had caused this trouble in the land, according to Ahab, back in chapter 17, verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, according to thy word. He's put out a challenge to this fertility god of Baal. I, I, the more I look at this, the more this story means to me as Elijah is, is fighting the, the, 
satanic influence in Israel. He could have done a lot of things, but Baal was the one that brought the rain, or this is what they think. So Elijah tells the king, for three years there's not going to be rain on the earth. You can find that in James chapter 5. That's an amazing thing to me. On the earth it says it did not rain for the space of three and a half years. So he is going up against the powerful satanic influence and the king and his wife. Here's a man with some boldness that told the truth, was not ashamed. How often can we stand up for truth? Elijah's not hateful in this. Elijah wants the people to turn to God, and he really wants Ahab to turn to God. I, I think we can see that as we go through this passage. But he told the truth. He stood for the truth. Now we go back to chapter 18. All of these things go hand in hand, but I want to look at, read verse 21 through 25 again. As he's got all these prophets up on the mountain, and he's got the people of Israel there, and Ahab, to watch what is going on, he lays out a challenge to these idol worshipers. Verse 21 says, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. You know, I read this and I wonder how often, or how much faith Elijah had. Do I have the faith to say to the people around me, How long ye halt between two opinions? Either I'm serving the Lord or they're serving God. You're going to watch what God does in my life and you make up your decision. Elijah wasn't lifting up himself, but he was saying, I serve God. This is why he's so bold. How long halt you between two opinions? Wait and let me show you my God. There's faith in that statement. There's strength there. Many times we shirk from these, these opportunities because my faith is not strong enough. What if I fail? Elijah wasn't looking at himself. He was looking at God. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces. He lets them choose the bullock, lay it on the wood. He gives them all the advantage. They get to go first. Put no fire under, and I will dress the other bullock and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. He's, <laughs> the people see, listen, Elijah is, is making this lopsided in the favor of those that are worshiping Baal. He, they say, This is well spoken, we will trust in what is getting ready to happen. They listen to Elijah because he's speaking with authority. But he challenges them, and then he trusts God. Now, I'm going to read all the way through it again. Um, I was going to skip down to 30, but I think we'll read 25 through 29, because this is one of the funnier portions of Scripture to me. Um, sad, very sad, in that they were so deceived that they do these things. But I've always wondered what Elijah must have sounded like as he's sitting there off to the side and mocking them. Verse 25, And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourself and dress it first. For a year many, and call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under. They took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it and called on the name of Baal from morning even unto noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. 
But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud. You need to holler louder, maybe. Maybe your God's a little deaf. Let's get louder. He is a God. And either he's talking, or he's pursuing, or he's in a journey, or peradventure he sleepeth and must be awakened. You're not working hard enough, guys. Let's get a little effort into this. Maybe he's asleep. You better do some more here. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. They're frantic here. These are, these are, these are people that are completely given over to this demonic control to the point where they're cutting themselves, they're jumping up on the idols, they're screaming, they're, they are losing their minds. They're going to show that Baal is God. And Elijah's sitting over there. He says, maybe he's asleep. He knows the truth. 450 men, it was, must have been quite a scene. It had to have been chaotic as they're jumping around and doing all these in, incredible things. And it came to pass when midday was past that they prophesied unto the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that there was neither voice nor any to answer nor any that regarded. We know the truth. Elijah, Elijah is speaking the truth and, and the people are starting to see it. This has been all day long. 450 men have been, have been screaming, cutting themselves, worshiping their false god. And Elijah said unto all the people, come near unto me. There's no, there's no panic, there's no fear here. There's just a calm, calm confidence in God. Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed, Big old ditch dug around the altar, and he put wood in order and put, cut the bullock in pieces and laid them on the wood and said, Fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it a second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, Do it the third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. He's, he's doing what is, just looks insane, right? But he's simply going to show the power of God. This is, I was looking at the, the uh, ingredients in this, in this sacrifice. The only thing that's really flammable is wood. And I know everything burns at a temperature. But on sacrifices, the wood was what was going to burn. You've got to get that meat pretty hot to dry it out. It's not natural for it to just burn. They're pouring water all over it. Stones. I've never burnt a stone. I know you can melt them. I know there's volcanoes, but it's such an intense heat. He's not asking for an actual or an a average fire here. And it came to pass at the time of offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. 
And all of our Sunday school stories show this, this pillar of fire coming down, and I'm probably right. But consider how intensely hot that must have been. And I don't expect it took very long. God burned that thing up immediately. It was a quick thing, and it was done, and all that is left is a hole in the ground. The sand was burnt underneath. I wonder if it was glass. I wonder if it turned it into a, a, a little platform of glass there. I've always wondered that. But what an amazing thing to see. There's no cutting himself. There's no, there's no hysteria. Elijah simply says, come near unto me and let me show you my God. He had faith that God's power was going to do what it was going to do. And, and he's standing up against all of these men. Fire came down and the people turned to God. And he said, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Turn to Matthew chapter 5, another familiar passage. Matthew chapter 5. We're going to read 13 through 16. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine. This is, this is what Elijah did. As I read this passage, the, the story in, in 1 Kings, I was, I was thinking about this passage. Not the fire specifically, but the testimony that God was with him. Before King Ahab, who could have killed him, before 450 prophets of Baal, who could have killed him, before satanic influence. Uh, Baal was not without power. Baal is Satan. Let's not get it wrong. There was a spiritual battle going on that was far greater than Elijah. But he let his light so shine before men. In his boldness, he stood up and he spoke the truth and he said, Ahab, you are the cause of the suffering in Israel. Your wickedness is the problem. My God is true. Baal is, is satanic and false. Let's stand for truth. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. How many people, because of my life this week, glorified the Father? How many lost people saw the power of God in my life this week? It's not once in a while, it is to be all the time. My light is supposed to shine in spite of the danger, in spite of the adversary, so that all men can see that He is God. Elijah stood for truth. He, he, he told Ahab, you're, you're sinning. You're going to be punished for it. We see 
in verse 41, experiencing the truth, fire came down and rain came down, 41 through 46. And this is, this is what is, I have been dwelling on in this part of this passage this week is this conflict between Baal and God. And Baal is the God of fertility. He's the one that they say brings the rain. Well, there hasn't been a drop in three and a half years. I've never experienced a drought quite like that. When we came, when we came up here to Wichita Falls, we were in the middle of the 2013-2014 drought. Pretty bad. Trees were dying and our reservoirs were down to 17%. We had all kinds of water restrictions. It was pretty bad. But that was, what, six months of drought? Maybe. Hadn't had very much rain and it was blistering hot. This is three and a half years. The earth has to look pretty terrible. And these prophets of Baal have been for three and a half years praying for rain to their God doing all their rituals and all their, their immorality and sin to try and conjure rain for three and a half years to no avail. So it has to be kind of an amazing thing for Ahab to hear. Elijah said unto Ahab, verse 41, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Okay, the prophet just called down fire. God answered that prayer, but he has lost his mind now. This is, this is a direct challenge once again to our God, and we haven't been able, he hasn't been able to bring us rain in three and a half years. Verse 44, And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up and say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. Rain came down. That, that which Baal has not been able to do in three and a half years, and I guarantee you, in those three and a half years, there's been some, some excessive sacrifice given to Ahab. They sacrificed their newborn children to, to Baal to bring about this rain. There was child sacrifice going for three and a half years and nothing. And Elijah gets down on his hands and knees, puts his, says, puts his face between his knees and prays. And his, his young man went seven times and looked at the sea and here comes a cloud. Simply by trusting in God. Baal couldn't do what God just did. You know what's amazing to me in this? And we see the power of God in all of these stories in the Old Testament. And the people saw the power of God. They said, He is the Lord. He is God. We now understand that Baal is weak. But Ahab didn't see it. And I've wondered about this one. This is, this is where I believe Elijah loses his victory. Because this great victory has just been won. The rain has just come. And, and I wonder if Elijah did not think, surely this will turn the heart of Ahab. Surely the kingdom will now turn to God by the king getting his heart right 
and seeing that Baal is sin and that he needs to turn to God. Surely this victory of reign after three and a half years will turn the mind of the king. I wondered about that. Even in victory, there will be those who oppose us. Even in great times of victory, we're going to see that not all men turn to God. I believe it was a great discouragement to Elijah. And, and uh, going on then, he experienced the truth. He saw the fire come down. He saw the rain come down. But he forgot the truth. And this is in chapter 19. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. And Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came, sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. You know, this is, this is a 180-degree turn from just a few verses previous. And, I, and I, I've looked at this, and this is my opinion, because the Word of God does not say it. But I believe that Ahab's turning back to Jezebel defeated Elijah. He looked at this thing and he said, the power of God is clearly shown. Why does this person not see it? The whole kingdom should now be serving God. It should be from the throne on down. Can you not see the power of God? And Ahab goes right back to his wicked queen and says, this is what happened. And she threatens his life. I've always thought, and, I, and I'm... I might be wrong here, but I think I've changed my mind that Elijah wasn't necessarily running just to save his life because what's he say when he gets there? Kill me. Lord, take my life. He felt he was a failure. He felt that in that victory, he had failed to turn the heart of the king. He said, I'm not better than my father's. The, the kingdom is still serving Baal, Lord. I thought we were going to see a change here. And he's completely defeated by one thing. We take our eyes off of the power of God and we try to tell God what the outcome should be and we're going to be defeated. He thought he knew what would happen and God didn't do exactly what Elijah thought. We can be discouraged. I believe he was tired too. You think about what happened with him that day. That was a long day. He sat and watched all day long as the prophets tried to get fire to come down. Then he built the altar. He slew the bullock. All of this, the man is tired. He ran before Ahab's chariot. The hand of God came upon him. Usain Bolt had nothing on Elijah. He ran before a chariot all day, or that whole time. The man is tired, the man is discouraged, and he gets his eyes off of God because not everything turned out like he wanted. Psalms chapter 27. Psalms chapter 27. I want to read the entire chapter this morning. 
says in here a few times to wait on the Lord. You know, waiting on the Lord is waiting on the Lord is letting Him dictate in all things. The outcome, all things. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Yea, though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, seek my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelties or cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. You know, David talks about the victory in this passage. He delivers me from mine enemies. He places me above them. He gives me strength to handle the adversity that comes. He said, I had fainted unless I believed. I had fainted unless I had faith to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Verse will always be special to me. I love that verse. Elijah took his eyes off of God because what? One man didn't turn to God. It says all the people said unto him, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. It said all the people. But Elijah turned his back on God and went back to his wicked queen and continued to serve Baal, God punishes him. But it defeated Elijah. Because in his victory, the outcome was not exactly like he thought it should be. He took his eyes off of God. This is a danger we all face in trusting God and seeing the victory, is letting our flesh have any say in anything. You know what? I am to follow him, and the results are up to God. Amen. We had a young, we had a lady one time that we, Elizabeth and I, had done Bible studies with for, oh, a couple months, I think. She was searching for God. She was lost, and she was in a terrible situation, and she wanted help. And we went several weeks of study with her, and there's this one week where. It just felt like everything was coming together. We were finally getting through to her. Tears were rolling down her face. And I'm thinking, she's getting ready to get saved. And something happened outside of the building that we were in. Just something crashed. I don't know if it was a vehicle. I don't know what it was, but a loud bang. 
and her attention was shut off and we never got it back. That day I tried, I prayed with her, we prayed together, we tried, but the result was not there. And she never saw us again. I don't know where she is, lost contact with that lady. I walked out of there pretty discouraged. We'd gone in trusting God, and the results did not come out like we thought. Am I to then think God failed? Elijah says, listen, my life isn't worth living anymore. I'm no greater than my father's. What I, I couldn't turn the heart of Ahab, so take my life. God's power does not change, but he gives man free will. And we need to be careful that those, those things do not discourage us, even in these great victories that... Sometimes, many times, the heart of man does not turn to God. I continue to trust Him and follow Him and He will lead. All the people but one turned to God and it defeated Elijah. Are you experiencing victory in your life? It is the will of God that we walk in victory. This is, herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. That's the will of God for every one of us. But don't let the perceived defeats in the midst of the victory discourage us from walking on with God. Great man of God, Elijah, was defeated. And God took away his ministry because of that. He handed it over to Elisha. Let's not think, let things that we perceive as, as defeats dis discourage us from walking with God. Elijah told the truth. He stood for the truth. He experienced the truth. Many people turned to God, but then he forgot it. Then he forgot the truth. Let's pray. Father, thank you for all that you've done for us. And Lord, I ask that, that we would all experience victory through you, by your grace. Lord, as we grow in our faith, that you will allow us to see your strength more and more. But Lord, help us not to get discouraged by those things that come along, that look like defeats. Lord, that, that Ahab did not turn to God, defeated Elijah. Lord, we need your strength. We need your assurance. We need your power moment by moment to keep our eyes on you and to wait on you, knowing, Lord, that you are using us. Help us, Lord, to never lean on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge you. So stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed. Time of invitation this morning. I didn't speak on salvation today, but if you don't know the Lord as your Savior, the Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You can know Christ as your Savior today. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you don't know Christ as your Savior this morning. God loves you unconditionally. If you'd like to know more about that, I would love to sit down and talk to you. There's, there's women that would love to sit down and talk to you this morning. Other men here in the church that can help you understand this salvation more clearly. Christian, are you experiencing victory or have you taken your eyes off of God and experiencing defeat?
Well, Elijah got his focus on himself. He said, I'm no greater than my father's. Well, it wasn't about Elijah. It was about God, and if he just simply trusted him, he could have gone on and served the Lord in greater ways. We should experience victory. I, I know from the authority of the Word of God that it is God's will for you not to be discouraged, not to be uh, depressed, not to have a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind, walking with God. If you lack wisdom, the Bible says, ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not. He will, he will pour out his wisdom for you if you simply trust him, turn to him in faith. Thank you for being here this morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord and what a blessing to see each one. Good to have visitors with us this morning. Thank you for being here. And uh, I, I, love, I love seeing these stories in the Old Testament. God shows himself strong for those that trust in him. And the, the, the stories are so amazing. And we look at it and we think, well, that's Old Testament times. We don't experience those things anymore. And that's absolutely wrong. Jesus told his disciples, the things that I do, ye shall do greater because I go to my Father. And then he gave us his Holy Spirit. So we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. There's no limit to what God can do Amen. through his people. Right. We should be walking in victory. Amen. Speak truth in love, and God will use us. Hope you'll stay this afternoon, and stay with us here shortly and eat. I know there's plenty of food. There always is. Elizabeth's not in here, so I can tell her she's always concerned, and I always... I'm just thinking, well, I've never seen a Baptist church not have just a huge spread of food. So uh, if, you, if you weren't planning on staying, please do. You're, you're all welcome, and we'll have a time of fellowship. And then look forward to the service this afternoon as we have some special music. We're going to sing favorites. So if you have a favorite that you would like to sing, be thinking about that. We'll take favorites and uh, just have a good time worshiping the Lord and hearing uh, from some of the men here in the church. Uh, as they give a uh, message, uh, short messages. All right, guys, no more than 15 minutes. I got my teacher. All right, we're going to have a good time together and, and, uh, and by one another and worship God the rest of the day. All right, let's be dismissed in a word of prayer. Uh, Mr. Fulford, will you pray for us, please?